This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. Head to Gamefly.com slash far beyond for a free premium 30-day trial today. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Well, that was really nice. Welcome to Beyond episode 527. Uh, my name is Marty Sleeve. I'm joined by Alana Pierce. Hi. And Andrew Goldfarb. Hi. Ooh. That was really good. We did a nice lean intro. Right. I yeah. know. That was really good. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, we've all been playing various Japanese video games, mm. including uh, Danganronpa and Persona 5, so we're going to talk about that. Alana got to play Metal Gear Survive. Mm-hmm. She definitely has thoughts about that. Uh, Dark Souls is getting a remastered edition in a couple months, and uh, there is some uh, disturbing reports about uh, developer Quantic Dream that we're going to dig into. Uh, how are you guys doing? I just yawned, so I need you guys to take over. I'm pretty sick. <laughs> I've been doing yeah, okay. I got sick this weekend out of nowhere. I uh, I was sick a couple weeks ago, and I missed like the first week back from break, and I felt great. And then Saturday, I was like knocked out. Well, yep. supposedly the flu shot didn't work because they like picked the wrong strain of flu, so Ooh. people have all gotten flu shots and none of it worked. So everyone just is sick. That sounds but right. It's, yeah, it's pretty trash. But I have been playing more Persona. That's good. I'm now Probably. about twenty five hours in. Yeah. So I, it's weird though that like to think you know that's the length of a normal game. I know that I'm nowhere near the end, but I don't feel like it's dragging or anything. No. I'm just like, no, this I'm still early on, and I feel that way, and I'm cool with that. Well, it does such an interesting job of because the game is definitely tutorial heavy at the beginning. Like everyone's playing the first I'm palace, and is tutorial. like, so. But that's the thing is, it keeps doling out new systems and mechanics and ideas, um, which I feel like keeps evolving the gameplay in a really interesting way. So mm-hmm. not only do you have that carrot of I wanna, you know, up, like up my social links, or I want to see what this new character is, but you also it's like, oh, the battle system is now fundamentally different than it was before it's also pure momentum like even when you finish a palace like and and you get kind of the device of like tell me about this guy and they like put down i the love those target. moments like it propels you to want to do more and i think that's why at least for me every time even on second third fourth playthrough of that game like i just didn't stop it's uh i think i said this before but it's it's one of the most well-paced games i've ever played in that it just keeps going and you never want to stop going because it's never a lull even when you're in between those periods where you're like oh i finished this palace i'm just waiting for the next one to show up it's still like you're just like trying to increase your stats in that period of Mm -hmm. time so it just keeps going um there are like some minor things that are annoying me though i was just saying before one of them is that uh, you'll have a conversation with someone and then the text thread will be the exact same thing immediately mm-hmm. afterwards. And I'm always like, this is repetitive. Like, yeah. why are you doing this to me? And it, it like seems like such a minor complaint, but you probably spend hours reading those things. Yeah. So it's like, you're just giving me the same thing twice. Um, With very light... Also not being able to save. And not being able to save... You have to wait sometimes like an hour to oh, save. Oh, because you're like watching cutscenes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, with, with very light spoilers, I guess we'll say, Uh, where are you? I'm the third palace. Okay, cool. Which I'm feeling pretty good about. It's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah a, I like that one. At this point, do you have a best boy and a and or a best girl? I like Takumi the most of the girls. Um, a lot of people are telling She's really, me. She's really, when you start thinking about it, though, it's real messed up that she's performing all sorts of medical tests on a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But she's like hot about it, so yeah. it's fine. <laughs> She'd be like, "This one's going to be really tough." And like, nice. I feel like that uh, kind of breaks doctor-patient confidence. Here. No, I guess it's that's whatever. It. You're her assistant. It's totally. Oh, yeah. uh, and I like um, a charismatic detective boy, but I'm like Carl Ketchy. Yes, but I'm liking him slightly less because he's like you know, there's a difference between being charismatic and just being arrogant, and he's like just a little bit too. Arrogant. He's on the line, yeah. He's I, like Kanye West of Japanese detective boys. Yeah, you, much. I think. You either just did or just about to open the second hub city, which I just did a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Shinjuku. right now I'm trying to get a job at the Crossroads Bar. Yes. Got to get my guts Good. up to be able to do that. Yeah, um, that's when I, that was. That's the only place I continued having jobs. Well, yeah, I feel <laughs> a little brand. bit bad about leaving the flower shop. Oh, that's fine. I feel bad about it, but I don't need my kindness now because I only needed kindness up to get a date with Ann. So now I can go get a job at the bar, but uh, I'm trying to get my guts up. And I recently, because it's it's rainy season for me right mm-hmm. now, I've been going to the bathhouse. And if you stay in the bath for a really long time, you get your guts up. And I just find that very funny. <laughs> yeah. Like you stayed in the bath for so long that now you're tough. No, the same thing happened to Danganronpa. <laughs> There's two, so silly. two guys... <laughs> 
Should we? Do you have any final thoughts on Persona before I start gushing about Danganronpa? No, you can go ahead. I, I love that this. Is, I love that people are talking about <laughs> Danganronpa and Persona who aren't me. It makes me very happy. Well, that's seriously like if you had said a year ago, Marty, you're going to spend significant amounts of time playing Persona and then just barreling through Danganronpa one and then jumping immediately into two. I would have been like, no, that's. I said this before, but when we did the let's play of Danganronpa, I loved it immediately. Hmm. Like I was just so blown away by how weird it is. I was not a fan of the monocubs. They could just shut up like yeah. that. The, they're yeah they, they're they were just very talkative it's really but they're not in one and two they're not one or two and they're really <gasps> there's monokuma weird <laughs> like they're, yeah. they're they get way three is definitely the weirdest so how do you give far. like do you have a really you obviously are the expert in this series give a really quick just elevator pitch for what this series is what it is sure so uh the i'll keep this as short as possible it is essentially um you are a student Trapped in school. Uh, the setting kind of changes every time, but you're, you're a student trapped in an environment with 15 other students. And essentially the, the headmaster of the school that you live in, it's like a battle royale thing, basically, or kind of a Hunger Games thing yeah. too. You have to, he decides the only way to leave, the only way to graduate that school is to murder each other. <laughs> and so every chapter of that game is a murder and then uh, finding clues and then doing an investigation and leading up to a class trial where the rule is if the class figures out who committed the murder, that person's executed. If you guess wrong, everyone else is executed and the murderer gets to leave. So that's kind of like the general rules of it. That is really yeah. intense. And it's all that in the, the headmaster is a baron named Monokuma. Yeah. yeah. And he's just very angry. But he's yep. also like got a very like cheerful voice, but then he just he's real sadistic. Yeah, and yeah. each game so like uh two introduces Monami, which is like this weird pink rabbit version of I Monokuma. was so I played through one in like three sittings and then I was like, I'm going to start two and I'm 15 minutes into two and I'm like, this game's way weirder than one. And, like, and, how did this happen? And that's why like, I cannot believe they've gotten weirder. Somehow. Yeah, right? It's going to get weirder. But three I, I so found out weirder. about it because of the anime. So that's like my first introduction was to the anime, which mm-hmm. I saw some episodes of and liked a whole lot. But the concept is so cool. But the, because I haven't played a lot of it, uh, I don't understand how the trials work in terms of gameplay. Are they like Phoenix Wright? They're like WarioWare more than anything. Kind of like WarioWare. Uh, yeah. yeah, each sort of mechanic. So you go, someone gets murdered, and then you do an investigation, which is you like talking to people and getting a bunch of clues in the environment. And you get every, you need to get all of the same clue. You need yeah. to get every clue in order to even instigate the trial. So it's not like you'll ever enter a trial and be like, oh, no, I didn't see the bloodstains. So I can't gotcha. do anything. But then you are using the evidence you've garnered as ostensibly ammunition to where you shoot when someone is saying something and you know it's a lie, you load the bullet that is how you know it's a lie, and then you literally point, you put the reticle over their sentence and shoot it with that bullet. So how do you pick that bullet? Like, is it like like in a Phoenix right way where you're like, oh, well, this conflicts with this? Yeah, kind of. Sometimes it's that, and then other times it turns into a rhythm game where you are trying to out-argue the other person. Hmm. Sometimes, yeah, it's you presenting evidence. It's you picking apart a sentence and being like, this contradicts this, so you need it. It's, it's, right. They really, they evolve to, like, yeah. one is extraordinarily simple. It's, like, very, very basic, and then they've gotten more and more complicated. So, like, two, so, like, for example, there's a thing called Hangman's Gambit, which in one, you literally just play a game of Hangman to try and figure out, it's, like, a, a blank, so, and you have to figure it out. Then in two, it gets, like, one step more complicated, and three, even more. But, like, weirder than that, two has, like, this, like, snowboarding thing where you have to uh it's really weird you have to like oh i haven't got to the snowboard go thing, which down, is very strange considering the game takes place on an aisle <laughs> you go down a slope to figure out which path you have to take to figure out it's like literally like mm. all of it is almost like the mind palace and like sherlock or something like mm. you are essentially in the main character's head working your way through the argument in your mind to get it's like you're seeing everything happening in his head to get to the argument uh, yeah it's metaphor. pretty much it's yeah, yeah physical yeah. representations of the thought process yeah interesting yeah. um but yeah the characters are really interesting and unique in a definite like japanese anime kind of way which is you know cool and uh yeah the murder scenarios are really good the twists are really good um yeah i, I loved one um and this is one of those series that debuted on psp right like a long time ago Six, only in Japan, ago, yeah. So, like, here it came to Vita. They were both only on Vita. Okay. Mm. And then they remastered them for PS4. And yeah, then, I'm playing yeah. on PS4. Now they're, they're gorgeous on PS4. 3 is going to blow your mind on PS4 because it's just in 4K. Like, it's just from the ground up yeah. native to, to PS4. Um, yeah, they, they worked really well as portable, in my opinion. I, I played uh, kind of similar to you, actually. Dangarampa 1 when I first played it. Uh, I played it only to and from on a flight to London from when I lived in Dallas. So I basically played half the game, exactly half the game in one sitting, and then exactly the second half in so the like second sitting. it's like 20 hours? For a little through, less, yeah. I, I got through probably like 15. I would say okay. two is 
probably the longest of the three, at least for me, it was. Um, it's just way larger in scope. That one, I think, is probably more like 25. Yeah, two introduces some new, like, more robust RPG mechanics. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and then when you're not solving murders, you're talking with your classmates and sort of building their relationships. It's not okay. as nearly as good as Confidants, in my opinion. Yeah. Also, because, like, you can... Like, the girl, I was like, I like this girl. I'm going to be her friend. And then she just gets murdered very quickly in the first game. I'm like, well, that didn't and, work well, out and well. I, I really like yeah. that risk-reward because, like, you can spend your time wrong because you never know when someone's going to get wiped out. So it's it's actually really funny. Like, I have the worst judgment, like, every time I pick a murder victim. But it's nice because in, in New Game Plus, you retain I just want that point. quote out of context. Yeah. Every time. I keep worst falling judgment. in love with murder victims. <laughs> I'm sensing a pattern. <laughs> Wait, I think the pattern is you are yeah, a murderer. Yeah, you might be killing people. <laughs> um, uh, before we move on from this topic, I want to say that I did try to play um, Dragon Ball Fighters this weekend. Yeah, I tried to play that in Dissidia. All kinds of problems. Yeah, I couldn't get on. I couldn't. I couldn't get on Dragon Ball Fighters, and I also couldn't get on Dissidia, which is weird. I mean, that, that's the thing with like these testing periods, right? Is like that's what they're for—that the tests of. Oh, totally! It was free downloads, and so fix it by a week or two from now when the game comes out. Yeah, and Dragon Ball's like nine days from now, eight days. I think Dragon Ball's next Tuesday. I think it's literally seven. Oh, days. literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Final the Fantasy is after. Yeah. 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 Um, we tried. Yeah, but it, yeah, I don't know. It's nice being able to sort of go back and play these games because we are in that soft lull before like we get Dragon Ball next week and then Monster Hunter at the end of next week and then Dissidia like Monster Hunter is of those three is the, the big one that I'm stoked for for oh, sure yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think that's like when it begins because after that there's kind of like this weird like it all comes at once it, it's a lot of stuff that I think it's funny because like last year I guess it was Resident Evil 7 right that was yeah, that was like, yeah. so it's like it's weird because there are things that you have to Get your time with now. Horizon was another one because they very likely could be part of the game of the year conversation. Oh, sure. it just, it's weird to think well, how far away and we, we are have all that. these games that are like sort of promised to come in the first half of the year that don't have dates. Like we have, so they're, they're, God of War is probably going to be the first half of the year. Yeah, you know, um, and then Red Dead still in theory, even though I think that'll get Spider Man. Like, Spider Man, yeah. Uh, Detroit, which I guess we'll talk about later. Any noise? No, I don't think Red Dead's early this year. No, I don't, I don't think so either. It, it is nice while it's quiet. I'm actually, um, I don't have a ton to say about EXM early, but uh, the only Final Fantasy I've never played is Final Fantasy XII. Yeah, so I finally started that. And so we'll see you like what that so becomes. I'm so early, but yeah, I do. I, I, I love totally, that battle system so much. And that's the thing. Like, I'm, I immediately, because the other one, I, the two I had never played were 10 and 12. Um, and so I played 10 on How Vita. Did 10? I haven't played 10 either. The funny really? thing is, yeah. so like, I just didn't play PS2 ones. Like, that was just, I got interested in other genres, basically. So it's weird because 9 was the last one I had put real time into on PS1, that's and then fantasy. PS2 I just skipped. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's funny going back now, especially these HD ones look gorgeous, but going back now, like, I really I'm excited to get further into 12 and learn the battle system because I want like I really love seeing kind of the history of Final Fantasy as it's gone forward and and honestly like watching it move further and further and further away from like the straight up turn based is really interesting to me because the ones I loved as a kid obviously like when I think back to like four five six and and even seven like they're they're so like traditional turn based so it's funny like I really broke the mold oh 100 percent and I really like seeing just I don't know like even like. I love Final Fantasy 3 for like job system stuff. It's so much more complicated in, oh, yeah. in later games in such a good way. So I don't know. I'm, I'm very early, but I'm excited to get deeper. Decidedly Japanese weekend for us. Yay. It's been good. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. It has gotten increasingly difficult to try games before you buy them, but Gamefly lets you take your pick from a library of over 9,000 titles, including the biggest new releases like Assassin's Creed Origins, Call of Duty World War II, NBA 2K18, Madden 18, and many, many more. Gamefly will ship these games to you, and you can keep them as long as you want. There are no late fees or due dates, and shipping is always free. This breaks down to as little as 54 cents a day, which is a lot cheaper than dropping 60 bucks on a brand new game that you can't stand playing. Plus, you don't even have to leave the house. Oh, and they rent movies, too. Normally, a Gamefly trial only lets you check out one game at a time, but if you head to Gamefly.com slash FarBeyond, you can sign up for a free premium 30-day trial that lets you check out two games or movies at a time. Try it out today again at GameFly.com slash FarBeyond. Uh, speaking of other Japanese games, uh, Metal Gear Survive is one of those big games that we're talking about coming out uh, at the end of February, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Lana, you got to go hands-on with this first non-post-Kojima Yeah, the Metal most game. beloved game by the internet. <laughs> yeah. So first off, for your impressions, the internet hates this game. Oh, yeah. Like, just, we put up five minutes of gameplay, and it did very well. Man, people were not happy with it. Yeah. It's like 75% dislikes or something my thing was i don't the gameplay to me looked totally fine 
It just looks generic. Like it's, yeah, we it talked a little bit about it last week. It just doesn't look bad. It just didn't look. Yeah, great. I think it's fine. So that pretty much sums up my thoughts. Yeah, it's weird. I played actually quite a lot of it. I think we were there for like five or six hours playing, and I still haven't really made my mind up. Uh, we saw it kind of after the the video footage that's on the screen right now, which is like story beats and. For whatever reason, it didn't occur to me when this game was first announced because the trailer made it look like Left 4 Dead. But this is a survival game. You are dropped into a sandboxy kind of world. Your um, max HP are decided by how much water and food you have. So you constantly have to go and find water and food. And like the percentage of uh, your thirst and hunger are going down while you're doing everything. So there's all of these different things that you have to manage all the time. Um, it's all crafting-based. Like Every single weapon uh, has durability so you have to like be aware of that collect resources to go out to further explore the areas and get more things to bring back to your base camp to like build up sort of like mother base and uh it's it's a lot of management stuff um i ultimately got screwed which i don't know if it is my fault or the game's fault yet uh because i needed to get uh stainless steel stainless steel i needed to find a piece of stainless steel to make a gas mask to go out into this fog where the next mission was and I couldn't find stainless steel so I'm walking around this map retracing every single place that I've been to trying to find stainless steel all the while my water and food are going down and I'm running out of resources because I can't progress so I can't find more food or water oh and like God. animals and stuff respawn but that takes a while and you don't know when they're respawning like it, it I just like ultimately couldn't do anything it was just slowly dying and just had to accept that I was just going that to slowly sounds die. like life pretty much didn't have a choice it's um, funny how I, I totally didn't take the title that literally really didn't either and I think as a survival game it is really challenging and well, this looks uh, like this looks like dead rising you're just kind of uh, like zombos. Yeah, and uh, there's, there's some really like dumb things about the the zombies. Like, there's a lot of them, but uh, none of them can <laughs> climb. So you can just stand on a box that's like pretty close to them. But if you're on the box, they can't hit you. So you can just like stab them with a stick and just farm them. And they all have those those red crystals in their head. I be, believe they're Kuban crystals. And uh, you need to mine them to level up. You can find some in the environment, but also all of the enemies drop them. And uh, yeah, those are what you literally level up your stats with. Um, and so I'm, so I'm he's in the fog right steel. now. He yeah. built a fence. I actually really like building the fences. That was something that was cool because you could kind of plan strategically before the enemies would get to you. All of the enemies are really repetitive. They said that... There is enemy variety later on in the game, but we played the, the very beginning, and they were all exactly what you're seeing on screen right now. They're is just there, super uninteresting, honestly. If this game wasn't called Metal Gear, would anything change? Like, is There's there anything Metal Gear is? There's a dog reference. Uh, not really. Like, it's a different universe of Metal Gear. Yeah, because it's at the end of... Isn't it supposed to be in, in Ground Zeroes? He gets... The, the soldier gets pulled in, like, a vortex right. or something? Uh... So, yeah, no, not really. There's some, like, slight references. There's Fulton's. Uh, but it also, I don't think it really, like, I didn't care about that for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't care that it's called Metal Gear and isn't a ton like another Metal Gear game. I mean, the environments absolutely look like Metal Gear. So that, I have to imagine they, they, they probably use surely reused maps and assets right. and stuff. Yeah. I assume so. Oh, one cool thing about the map, actually, is, again, because it's a survival game, you don't know where you are on the map unless you're in a safe space. Mm-hmm. So if you're walking around in like outside areas, it won't tell you exactly where you are. You have to figure it out based on things you've seen, which I really oh. like. It's like a triangulation kind of thing. Um, oh, what was it? Mod- not Modest Yahoo. What was the name of that game that did that? Mies Mata. Modest Yahoo is, I Modest believe, a Jewish rapper. Modest Yahoo is a Jewish rapper, I think. Okay. <laughs> That's weird. Okay, Mies Mata and Modest Yahoo. Like, I'm sure... Modest Yahoo has played Mies Mata and is like, oh, oh we're definitely. very similar. Yeah, big fan of Mies Mata. Um, I'm trying to think of things that I might have forgotten. Like it's uh, oh the co-op, uh, you get all of the best loot from the co-op, pretty much. Is it? Um, do you like have a team of people? Like what? How does that work? Is it online? Is it? So it, the game is actually online only. Even when you're playing single player, you have to okay, be online. Gotcha. Um, you can go to this sort of like hub thing that's in your base and go into an online server that just drops you in this like white kind of blanketed world, and then you and your teammates decide what you're going to do. Jump into a circle. You like pick a level, and then you spawn in a completely separate place. Uh, And it's basically just Horde, all of them, I think. Um, They have maps that we haven't played yet, but it's just uh, you're protecting a drill while lots of different kinds of enemies are coming at you. Actually, that that is a thing. I did see one different kind of enemy, which was uh, they explode, so you have to, like, sneak up behind them and stab them in the back and then run. 
Um, but that's those are the only two enemy varieties that I saw. Uh, and I don't like the enemies, frankly. I yeah. think they're like very uninteresting to fight. Um, I did like the survival mechanics, but I also can't say how much I liked it because I got stuck by not being able to find stainless steel mm-hmm. and retracing literally all of my steps and not being able to do anything. And like even the PR people were like, I don't know where it is. Have you tried going back here? I'm like, I've been <laughs> literally everywhere. So at the point where I gave up, I just started doing dumb stuff to see what would happen. And one thing is uh, I went up a bridge and then just jumped off the side and was like, I wonder what happens. And you will actually like get a broken specific body part like almost in fallout uh, mm-hmm. and you have to like heal that specific body part sometimes oh, wow. with a different thing like you'll have a broken leg. Uh, if you run out of clean water, there is a way to level up your camp so that you can find a way to clean dirty water. But basically if you drink dirty water, you'll then have a bunch of bacteria and you'll get sick. But you can make something that is like an antibacterial so that you won't get sick. So- you drink your pee like in Waterworld? I didn't try. Yeah, I, I should have done that. That's my yeah. bad. Um, like game DLC. Yes. DLC. <laughs> DLC. It's $3. DLC. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to. Man, oh thing- yeah, the co-op is um, you get most of the coolest loot from the co-op, and it, it's pretty tough. Uh, but it's also you get in there with the gear that you already have. So I don't think it'll be very interesting for anyone early in the game because you all just have a nice spike stick and a machete. The only person in our uh, playtest who managed to get a gun crafted was Duggan, but Duggan's a freak at video games, so yeah. most people won't be able to yeah. do that. So you can get a gun, you can get the the bow and arrow, I think there's a crossbow, like there is different stuff that you can Are there like in. shared resources or like if you were playing co-op and you needed stainless steel, can your partner be like, I have a bunch of stainless steel, here you go. I don't think the co-op actually works in the survival mode, so gotcha. uh, you do share resources when you're in the co-op mm-hmm. maps, but again, those are just like horde mode multiplayer. Gotcha, gotcha. The timing, it's so fascinating because even aside from the Metal Gear controversy, which is obviously the big thing, it is such a fascinating, like, when you look around at what's big right now, right, like you look at Battle Royale games and you look at, Fortnite, like, even okay. Fortnite's main yeah. mode, like, it's so, this feels like there was a point where this could have hit really well like it could have found its timing but like it's weird because in the last few like even looking at something like don't starve like there's so many great survival yeah. games out there and there's so many better games that like like obviously gears had horde a couple of years ago like it, we're, we're to this point now i guess where i don't know what this is bringing to the table sure. i guess is the other things that do similar things don't do them as well like yeah. it's not as good as arc it's not as good as gears like it's definitely not um it feels like the third best version of nine different games basically it's, yeah. a, it's a really interesting thing like it, it was an interesting choice for them to make it at all um and you know it, I, I just wonder how it came about it was clearly someone was like i want to make a survival game let's do that because like everything is geared towards it being a survival game like there's no take all option for items which can be really annoying but the point is that it slows you down so that you can't have yeah. attack you you can't just take something and get all of your health back uh you have to take it and then your health will come back really slowly after you've eaten and you can't gain health back at all if you're low on stamina so if you're like trying to run away from enemies to get food to get your health back up you're pretty much screwed so it's like all of that is very carefully thought out. Um, it doesn't necessarily make it good. I still, I, I don't think it's terrible. It's not good. <laughs> and I can see myself putting a lot of time into it. Like if there was nothing else out, then yeah, I could play it and like put 20 hours into it. And it's supposed to be like a 20 hour-ish campaign. And I could do that because it's the survival aspects mean that you're constantly micromanaging, which is yeah. like an addictive feedback loop. But I, I, it's, a, it's a really good point that I just don't know how it differentiates itself from anything else. I mean, that's the. I feel like that's the problem is that the game kind of has an identity crisis to where it's not appealing to the Metal Gear fan in me. Like, Metal Gear is probably my favorite series. It's not appealing to me in that way. And it seems like in terms of a survival game or a resource management game, why spend time with this when there are better games on the market that more people are playing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It'll just be interesting seeing when it's final, like whenever we finally see what this game ends up being. It, it sounds like the strengths are going to be if there are modes we don't know about yet, and if there's some other hook, like if there's something that they prove that they have that other games don't. Are there but even Metal Gears in this game? Did you see a Metal Gear? I didn't see a Metal Gear, no. But uh, yeah, I have no idea, honestly. First two words of the game are Metal Gear. Well, they, yeah. they said that there are a lot of things that they didn't want to show us because they wanted to make sure that we had like the early game experience. So um, there could be. I don't know how big the map was, but it seemed like it was huge, but I don't know. It's, just, I, I don't, it's so weird. I don't want to be too cynical and jaded. It just feels like such a blatant cash grab, and I think everyone can see through it, which yeah. is like why the My thing is, the mechanics have definitely been thought out. Yeah. You know? Like the work has been put into making this a survival game. Like I... I don't think it should have had Metal Gear in the title is the biggest Sorry, and that's what I meant. Like, just calling it Metal Gear at all, I think, feels like, to me, such an obvious way for them to be like, hey, look, we're still making Metal Gear games, but, like, it almost had the opposite effect. Like, it's franchise fans aren't going to buy it for that reason. It's almost, if anything, it, like, 
poked the hive and made them angry. Yeah. Yeah, but real talk, the second half of this game takes place in Shadow Moses, so I'm probably going to play it. There you go. <laughs> so, like, literally, I'll, I'll play a game I don't want to play if I can go back to Shadow Moses. <laughs> Um, speaking of old games being new again and something I'm most certainly playing, uh, Dark Souls Remastered got announced mm. during, uh, at the end of the Nintendo Direct, mm-hmm. uh, not only coming to Switch, but coming to uh, PS4 and Xbox One and PC. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is an, it has upscaled 4K resolution at uh, 60 FPS if you're playing on a PS4 Pro, and it comes in at the budget price of $40. It's cool that it's only 40 bucks. And yep. uh, May 25th, so coming out right before E3. Man, I'm stoked for this. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I don't get stoked for remasters all that often, but I am, I said often, <laughs> all that often. All that often. But I am Heimer. really excited about the Dark Souls one, like it coming to Switch is great because then it's portable, mm-hmm. but I mean, coming to PS4 also means you can play it on Vita if you want portable. Yeah, totally. And this game isn't playable on PS4 right now, so it's cool that this is here. Uh, in my opinion, this is the best of the five Souls games. If you count demons and if you count Bloodborne. Oh, um, if you count Bloodborne? Yeah, I like this. I mean, this and Bloodborne are neck and neck. I think this is just above it in terms of, I think this has some of the most perfect level design ever put into a video game. Uh, Yes, it's as hard as Crash Bandicoot, Barrett. Also, everyone, Barrett Courtney is our new producer, and he's a monster. It might not actually (laughs) be as hard as the Crash Remaster, let's be real. Well, the Crash Remaster is hard in a bad way because it's poorly designed. Yes. Uh, Dark Souls is tough but fair like Judge Judy. It's a, it's such a funny I'm I haven't actually played Dark Souls and I haven't actually finished Bloodborne but I really like Prepare to Try that our friends <laughs> at IGN UK do so like I've seen full playthroughs of these games and like I'm itching to finally try Dark Souls mm-hmm. because like even just watching the way that world is laid out and like the things it reveals about itself as you go like is so intriguing and the lore is so fascinating. Like there's so much those games. I feel like you could probably, there are people who have probably brute forced their way through and not read item descriptions and not listen to dialogue and haven't gotten what the story is. But like, I am so fascinated by the just lore behind that series. Oh, these, yeah. Uh, yeah like there's, Two camps of people. One say Dark Souls doesn't have a story, and the other says it has one of the best stories ever told in the game. You just need to put in work, yeah. which you totally do. Um, and I get if you just want to play this game because it's mechanically incredible, do that. That's fine. But like, I yeah, the, that's the, an option. The story and lore are super interesting, and how it threads together with um, Dark Souls Three, especially. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just really stoked. Uh, May twenty fifth thing worries me a little bit, just because I do feel like by this time it might get really crowded. Yeah, and so like. Man, if this came out in the next month, like I'm stoked for Shadow of the Colossus because it's coming out at the beginning of February and like it's not competing with other things. Whereas like if you know there's a rumored Red Dead date of May, like if that's true, like man, I'm gonna feel bad replaying a game I played through four times and and not playing Red Dead. Still kind of expecting God of War to be around then. Like maybe that won't happen, but I think so. I think of the big first party Sony games, uh, my gut says God of War is first. I mean, obviously Shadow of the Colossus is first, but God of War. And God of War is the only one. They have Nebulous 2018 for a lot of stuff. God of War is the one where they keep saying early, early. 2018, So, yeah. which I still stand by. Like, I would love if that means Q1. Like, I would love if that means before April, but I still think when you say early and you don't say spring, I think it generally means May. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like it's a, it's a cheap way to say first half of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dark Souls coming out uh, May 25th, $40. Um, jumping to the last story before we get to Quantic Dream. Uh, also announced this morning, uh, speaking of ports of, of beloved games, uh, Final Fantasy XV, the Royal Edition, which is just the, hey, we're finally taking everything we've done with Final Fantasy, including giving you this, look at those big wheels hitting that monster. Huh? Uh, yeah, it's just finally just packaging everything they've already released about the game, which includes all the side episodes. And way more, and a though. Bunch of new like, stuff, like brand, brand new cities, brand new dungeons. Well, like even this boat that we're seeing, like it, it this is so bizarre. Like, so this is a new area. Yeah. And then that boat is actually, you can freely travel now. Like previously the travel between kind of the two continents was, uh, in a cutscene. Yeah. And now you can stop and fish. Yeah. You can explore. Like it's, it's, they also have talked about three additional episodes coming of probably about Arden and Luna and yeah. a bunch of, like, I just, this universe is so big at this yeah. point that I, I, you could just literally only play, Final Fantasy 15 yeah. forever. Yeah, Fantasy 15 is really impressive to me in you know uh, a game that has been supported. This is yep. one of yeah. the best supported games that I keep wanting to go back to it. Mm-hmm. They keep releasing things that I think are really interesting. Like it's yeah, I, I feel like I might play it next weekend. Yeah, yeah, I really want to. It's funny because like I haven't even touched like uh, the episode Prompto, episode Gladio, episode Ignis. Like I want to see how they fill in gaps later in the story. I want to like I'm I love these characters. I'm mm-hmm. I'm super invested in learning about it. I think. It's good that they're supporting it this long because it took 10 freaking years to get here. <laughs> good point. So, yeah. like, it's, I, I understand it's, it's partially 
probably a financial thing because they're trying to recoup that investment. Yeah. But like financial fantasy fifteen. Financial fantasy fifteen. But I do I agree with you that like it's such a cool like people are really hardcore about that universe and, yeah. and characters. So Yeah, I think it's really cool. And I think I don't know, we always talk about stuff like how Ubisoft supports games post launch and how like a game that launched in a good state like Siege can suddenly become an amazing game. And I feel like Final Fantasy fifteen is totally one of those things. Yeah, and they've really listened to feedback too. Like, I really admire how candid they've been in. Like, Tabata-san does not hold his tongue in interviews. Like, he's like, "Yeah, we messed that up. We're going to redo it." Or like, "Hey, we're interested in exploring these characters. We just don't know if we have the time yet." Like, I really, I like that they've communicated so, so, so well throughout this entire process. And yeah. I don't know. I, I think they get it. I think they they released a game that they they delayed it as long as they possibly could and then it came out and i think there were a lot of people really upset with certain chapters or a lot of people who felt like there were dangling story threads and it seems like they really are doing their best to do it like for the fans yeah yeah i mean i, I yeah it, it reminds me obviously it's a little bit different but it reminds me of how they went all in on lightning um yeah. and obviously that was over the course of three games that was pretty much the entirety of the ps3 generation was you know square exploring lightning in those three games um and it seems like this generation is going to be marked by them going all in just on this game and so yeah. instead of getting I'm a 15 2 and a 15 3 they're like we're going to release this but then you know the, the game that exists or is going to exist on march 6th i also got really tricked because i thought it was coming out on my birthday but it was but it was british so it said 6 3 and i was like that's my birthday but it's actually march 6th <laughs> but it's the day after my birthday Talking about my birthday. So happy for everyone. Uh, I'm sorry. My birthday's in August. Uh, I also was birthed. <laughs> I too have a birthday. Uh, yeah, I, I really, I don't know. I, I like Noctis, and it's yeah, like funny I'm- because like that's actually a really good point. Like episode Ignis and Gladio and Prompto and all that stuff. Like almost like if you think about Final Fantasy 13 2, that was kind of episode Sarah. Like oh, that yeah, almost yeah. could have been an totally, expansion yeah. built on. So it actually is really fascinating that. I think that's a way that this generation is different than 360 PS3 is that like now you can just continue to release standalone things. Yeah, I mean, that is funny because like, yeah, 13.2 is barely about lightning. Yeah. Sarah, and what's that boy with the big pants? Noel. Noel, yeah. 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 I call him Big Pants Boy. He does have big pants. Yeah, yeah, he has the largest pants. Yeah. I like him. But I feel like 15 is like a game that without being multiplayer is doing an incredible job of this. I'm like struggling to I mean, think of it. now has multiplayer with comrades. You're right, yeah. it does. <laughs> but I'm struggling to think of a game that was like shipped as a single player game that has done such a good job. Yeah, that's a good this. point. Because all those Ubisoft games we mentioned are They're multiplayer all stuff like The Division and, and Wildlands and For Honor. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I think, yeah, because I, like, I think one of the best models is when you look at the shooters, right? Like EA will keep a battlefield going for like 18 months after release with new content. Um, but yeah, those are obviously multiplayer centric. Right. So yeah, single player games, I think it, it's yeah. definitely rare. Yeah. It's also cool. It, it's also cool they're adding a first person mode that I can't, I feel like it would be nauseating, but yeah. it's cool that it exists if someone wants it, I guess. Well, actually, <laughs> speaking of first person mode, GTA is a pretty good example, but a lot of the content has been with online. But like, I mean, they did that too. They added the, yeah. the first person Yeah, mode. I mean, I guess with single player, uh, the Ubisoft just highlighted all of the Assassin's Creed Origins DLC that's coming out, which yeah. includes two major episodes, one of which is like a grounded story that takes place five years after the campaign and you're going after like the Roman Empire and then uh, the second one is a very mythological heavy thing where you're going after old beasties and everything. Um, Raising the level cap I think 45 for the first one and 50 for the second one. It's just in this era where like loot boxes and microtransactions and all this kind of garbage people are doing the flip side of it is that i do think in in some cases definitely not in every case we're getting kind of more thought out dlc approaches like even when you look at something like like what naughty dog's done with left behind and then like not dlc obviously but as a standalone like lost legacy like people are rethinking that model of a game comes out there are three season pass drops and then stuff you know the witcher 3 is also a really good oh yeah for sure yeah yeah Yeah, witcher 3 actually might be the best example yeah Yeah, of a pure single player game yeah Yeah. Yeah, it's also interesting because sony has been on record of saying you know they've they've sort of made uh passing remarks during conferences but like they aren't interested in games as a service really like mm-hmm. sony is, is fully committed especially sony's first party studios to deliver meaty single player games which yeah you saw with horizon and, and everything but you see all of these games these first party sony games including what we're gonna talk about next are narrative driven single player games that's what the days conversation gone and- around that is really interesting and from a business perspective as well because the games as service games are selling the best like wildlands just like shot up and sold incredibly well and we just kind of missed it like it yep. sold and so, for honor. so so well yeah. and for honor yeah. and i imagine the pirates game that ub's coming out will do the same thing what's the name blood of it? and bones, Skull Skull and bones. bones. i mean it's funny because even aside from narrative games if you even look back to like rock band and guitar hero like like yes dance central um or not dance central um just dance is still annualized but like i think that if you had a rock band thing now it would just be one game that continually updated sure. yeah. like you wouldn't see rock band 2 rock band 3 rock yeah. band 4 so that's our same thing of like we always joke, is there going to be Minecraft 2? 
Yeah. Or do yeah. you just keep adding to Minecraft? Still saying this no Minecraft too. I don't, I don't see it happening. Out now, Minecraft too. But my you don't think there's ever going to be a Minecraft too? Well, not anytime soon. Like maybe eventually, but nah. Minecraft has got so much content and they're adding stuff all the time. But what I was going to say is like the Sony's choice to stick to those uh, single player narrative during games, I think, is a really interesting one. Like, I wonder what that decision is from a business perspective when we know that it's very, very easy to make money off of games like Wildlands and have a community that you can continually foster based on one game with Mm -hmm. the games of service, whereas they're not doing that. But then people praise them for not doing that, but they still don't sell as well as a Call of Duty. Well, I mean, that's so it's. It's what I love about Sony's Worldwide Studio Stable that I think <laughs> that to the point of occasionally being a problem with their business, they right. trust their studios and let them choose projects. Like I don't think – I don't get the impression – and I don't know. You never know what's happening behind the scenes. I totally don't get the impression that Sean Layden is – or Shu or flying to these studios and saying, like you have to make this. Yeah. yeah. Like I totally feel like they're like, okay, like – your strength as a studio is single player narrative driven games, make one of those, you know? And I really, I, I respect that. I think that when you look at, at the things that come out, I think sometimes that hurts them. Like I think yeah. letting Japan studio make knack two, as opposed to saying, Hey, make a fun multiplayer shooter in a cartoon world or something like that would have made more money, but they let them make what they wanted to make. And I respect that. Yeah. I don't know if that's a Japanese thing. Cause I feel like in Japan, the clear divide between uh, games as service are mobile games. Right. Like there are yeah. very few, like none of those games we mentioned as in terms of like really profitable games of service are Japanese developed. That's true. And I feel like they keep core console experiences for consoles and then they make all their money off, you know, microtransactions and mobile things like that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, well, switching gears quite a bit. Uh, Andrew, can you just catch everyone up on the Quantic Dream report that uh, happened? Yeah, the sure. And this is, I guess we should also say this is kind of developing as we're talking about yeah. it. Uh, Quantic Dream themselves have, have continued to issue statements. There's some things that, uh, so a lot of this is coming from uh, a French publication called Le Monde, and uh, that was mistranslated in some cases, so there are all kinds of weird issues with this, but the facts seem to be there for kind of the bulk of this story, which is that Quantic Dream seems to have sort of a... Uh, toxic male dominated workplace according to these reports and so some of the things coming in are that um the two founders of the studio in addition to kind of the typical studio culture things of of overworking their staff and and expecting a lot of crazy hours there's also a lot of culture problems like um uh there are a lot of homophobic racist sexist jokes uh there's apparently all of these images it was this popular thing within the studio to pass around there were 600 controversial images circulated around the studio dating back to 2013 uh, according to Lamond, the most shocking images present Quantic Dream's collaborators in sexual position adorned, adorned with homophobic or sexist slurs or even made up to look like Nazis. Um, Boy. Of the 180-person studio, reportedly 83% of that studio is male. Uh, Cage specifically, uh, in addition to being nicknamed the sun god for for kind of having these weird totalitarian uh, uh, <laughs> doctrines, I guess. That was, when I, I read yeah. this whole thing, I was like, oh, this is really, I'm like, ooh, the sun god, this yeah. is great. Uh, <laughs> but he's accused of a lack of consideration for female colleagues and of making uh, insistent dirty jokes, smutty remarks in the presence of his wife, inappropriate remarks about actresses, things like that. Um, there's so much more than what I'm even getting into here. Like, it's, it's coming from multiple reports. Uh, Quantic Dream has spoken out against a lot of it. There was, uh, for example, there was one thing that was um, translated by some outlets as, um, uh, I'll, I'll kill the pronunciation of his name, but uh, Guillaume, Guillaume de Guillaume, right? maybe. <laughs> uh, he he uh, was accused of having um, made physical advances towards people that were later retranslated as comments, and there's, there's weird things there, but... Quantic Dream's statement is we categorically deny any all of these allegations. Quantic Dream filed a complaint several months ago and further complaints will follow. Inappropriate conduct or practices will have no place at Quantic Dream. We have taken always will take such grievances very seriously. We value every single person who works at Quantic Dream. It is of utmost importance to us that we maintain a safe environment that allows us all to channel our shared passion for making video games. So we're just in this weird boat where given what's happening in the culture right now, um, given, you know, in in every field of entertainment at the moment including here for sure there's been all kinds of um uh people speaking up about harassment people speaking up about the environment in their workplace and i I think this comes at a time when it's important for people to shine a light on the fact that these things are happening Mm -hmm. 
we don't know like i i haven't seen and again this could have happened literally while we're in here but i haven't seen sony say anything about yeah. this yet i don't think we have any kind of um response from the sony side so far and maybe there won't even be one we don't know but uh it, it will be interesting to see how this affects sort of the way they do press who they put forward for this if it affects the studio and the project it's yeah. there's all kinds of interesting possible uh fallout from this yeah i'm i'm interested to see if this impacts the game as a whole because like this is like this blew up over the weekend and these and and honestly like in my opinion the responses from quantic dream weren't great it was i'm not sexist i worked with i'm not sexist or homophobic because i worked with ellen page well that was david cage specifically yeah yeah studio. yeah yeah which is but i mean when you're like, the there's a black guy in my when game. you're the head of the studio you are yeah. sort of speaking for the studio and, yeah yeah and so like that's definitely well, and not, to be clear like certainly a lot of this is I, i'm sure it is not only these two guys right like a lot of this obviously extends to studio yes. culture but like these are the two guys you have to speak to it, you know, like, and it's like from, from what, from the picture that's being painted by these articles, like they have a lot of control over what's happening there, which means they have a lot of control to stop it yep. and didn't, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't imagine this will affect the game very much. I think that game's very close to shipping, which in my opinion could affect the game. Like it's hard. Like how does, if they get sued, then sure. But yeah, I feel I like mean, it'll be fine. I'm just like trying to imagine that there has to be one preview tour, last preview push for this game. What is that tour like? Who do they put forward? And that's the exactly. narrative isn't going to be about the game. Like a, a lot bunch of journalists. I think room. you're right that the game's probably done. Um, I I think what seems like you're saying is probably the marketing. Like yeah. right. Like yeah. it's like like what are they going to do? Like especially given kind of some of the controversial topics this game is already yeah. have, starting conversations about domestic violence and sexism and so many other things that are already happening sure. around this game. This complicates that even sure. more. I and think. this is like way different than. Um, I mean, this is different than like the uh, a Kevin Spacey scenario, but look what happened with all the money in the world and look what happened yeah. with the last season of House of Cards. Like that clearly changed the direction of those projects. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, we've seen how the film industry is sort of pivoted and how, you know, places like Netflix have pivoted. So I'm, I'm interested to see. I feel how like that, that maybe would apply if one of the actors, like there's that one guy who retweets it every single time that we talk about <laughs> yeah. the actor from, uh, who's, he's Connor. Yeah. Yep. Uh, like I think that would probably still apply with a game like this where it's so heavily mo-capped and it really does look like the likeness of those people that mm-hmm. maybe they would consider it if one of those was accused of something yeah. like this. But for the studio head, like I would be surprised if anything happens here, but they, yeah. I mean, I've, right now I feel like the studio is dealing with it poorly. Um, I, you know, can't give anyone advice on how to deal with this kind of thing. Sure. But I think David Cage's statements are pretty. It, they seem bad. so defensive, right? Like, I, I right. think a lot of the time it seems so much more human to say, hey, like, we really messed up and we're going to acknowledge it as opposed to how dare you say that about my studio? Like, we worked with this actress and she's gay. So how could we be homophobic? Like, right. it. it feels like this weird defensive response um but again like i've only like there were literally as we were coming in here there were more comments coming from him so like i haven't read what yeah. they've said since that this feels trouble. like this is big enough like sony has to sony as a whole has to respond to this yeah um, whereas sony didn't i'm trying to think when you think back to the naughty, naughty dog, dog game, they didn't game ballad, say anything yeah like naughty dog did yeah, yeah. But I don't think that's Sony also different Sony because Sony owns, owns that studio. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's harder because Quantic Dream is like publishing under Sony, but they're they're not part of that worldwide studios family. So it gets complicated. It's also this weird thing where like I think kind of to your point, when an actor is is accused of sexual misconduct and, and there are a bunch of witnesses, they can remove that actor, right? They can they can move on. But like a game made by 180 people, 83% of which are male, like how who knows how much of that percentage contributed right. to this i like, think it's so different when it comes to video games but it's yeah. also you remove david cage from quantic dream then quantic dream is no longer a right. studio like it's you know you know a david cage game is a thing if like he's done something that's problematic specifically with the sun god thing <laughs> then you remove him somehow sun god is the least problematic thing in this <laughs> yeah. whole thing sure, <laughs> he's the, that's the only thing he specifically is yeah. like been accused of but it's like if you remove him from that equation that studio doesn't make the same kind of games at all anymore. Yeah. You're like, he's so pivotal there. But yeah, I, I don't know how the games industry deals with this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, how does this like you guys personally, like how are you, are you, how do you handle separating art from the artist? Again, like, it's hard because like they're like of this group of people, a lot of the people in there who worked really hard in this game are victims of this, sure. you know? So it's like this really weird thing to separate where like, I, I don't want to be like, boycott this game forever because part of the people who suffered from this are then also suffering further it's just this complicated thing where like obviously the studio ads stand to make the most profit and gain the most recognition from these projects so it it, i think 
this coming over to the video game industry is much more complicated than in some of the other facets of entertainment because there's so many more people who are a part of both sides of it, right? Like there are people who there is an animator somewhere who worked on this game who probably suffered under this potentially if all of this is real. And it's like that weird, scary thing where like that person doesn't want you to boycott the game. They might love their job. They might be really good at it and just hate the culture within the studio itself. Like there's, there are so many complicated shades of gray within it. So I don't know. Like my answer is that I will still play it. Yeah. I mean, that's my thing is I've always like, I don't know. I like Roman Plansky movies and I like Woody Allen movies. And those are, separated from my thoughts on them as human beings. So my favorite movies are Miramax movies. <laughs> like that's yeah. everything they have to I deal with now. I could struggle with it if it was an actor who had done something terrible and then I had to look at them. Like I would struggle with that specifically, but in this case like I I will I will still play this game and I, I agree with your point that like a lot of people who've worked really hard on it who aren't necessarily involved in any of this don't need to be punished for that also. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a weird break. No, I agree. I'm yeah. still I'm, I'm totally sorry. Removed. This is all very serious. I'm also just on the flip side, very still very excited for this game because when I've previewed it, I've really enjoyed what I've seen. Me too. Yeah. And when I play it, I'm not going to think about this, even if that makes me like terrible because yeah. I'm feigning ignorance. I'm not. Gonna I think I don't, honestly, what you said is a good point. Of like, I haven't watched a Kevin Spacey thing since all this came out. Right. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I I can watch Chinatown and forget that for two hours that Roman Polanski is sort of a monster. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's yeah. really this is uh, it's an interesting year for that because it's yeah. like it's it's a different lens to to watch things and play things through. And, and I honestly don't know because it hasn't like I I'll tell you when I play the game, I guess, because like I do agree that I'll still play it. I don't know yet if it would bother me and I don't know yet if like if they're going to dig themselves into a deeper hole by saying more like right now, I feel like I'm still going to play that game. I don't know what he's going to yeah. say. Next. Or maybe like, all this, while we were in here, Sony issued an amazing comment and they're talking about a full investigation and how right. they are committed yeah. to changing. I mean, that's ultimately what Sony should do in yeah. response to this. Yeah. But I, I also, I actually wouldn't be surprised if Sony didn't say anything. Yeah. It's hard when it's not like, I don't know if they can launch that investigation right. because they're just like, it's, it's like the studio they're essentially the distributor of something. Also, I don't know if making. French laws are different. Like, I know French. Yeah. I'm always curious about French video game studios because of juxtaposing the idea of crunch and French law states 35 hour work weeks. Yeah. Like, how does any game get made exist. with a 35 hour work? They week? exploit yeah. it? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. part of like, and again, like, this is just barely like the, the stuff I read is like, 10 percent of yeah. the stuff that's in there like and that that is a big part of it too is like that um overworking people and and yeah. kind of the attitude of the studio even aside from the inappropriate comments and everything else just the actual work at the studio is also kind of under the microscope right now and that so. is unfortunately so common in games industry and i think even in games media like we yeah. effectively crunch like e3 is just like you don't stop working could you imagine a 35 hour work week ever that'd be great yeah <laughs> people get those yeah we i would were, go crazy we honestly, were even talking like, about how we have a four-day work week and it's not really a four-day work week. It's the your work, your five-day work week, but you have to do it in four days. Right. I yeah. was mad that but I had a four-day work week because I was like, oh, I lose a day, meaning I have to make up that time after. <laughs> it's also weird because like even this exact story, like yesterday was still a news day, you know? So it's like funny because it's but, not... Yeah, our job is yeah. dramatically more fun than Devs in Crunch. And it's just like, yeah. it's, I feel like maybe, you know, this leading into this is something that will actually shine that that spotlight on the awful conditions that crunch can give people and i know i've heard stories of that coming out of ea like even the ea office that's near us with people talking about crunch just being you know mind-numbing and people ending up having to get therapy and you know it's just it seems really really awful and it's uh, unfortunately very accepted in the industry yeah. that people well and it's also hours in a week it's an industry that's also for so often has, has dealt with everything you just said while also being mostly dudes. And so it's like this other weird thing where like when you when you insert more and more women into like a high stress workplace with a bunch of bro culture around basically like it does lead to a lot of the situations here where I think people are saying stuff. I think people are like so much of the sexist comment stuff in here comes from people who are are describing a situation where it was like it, it does almost seem like it was in like a crunch environment or in like a like right. You're saying city like high people stress. who are already stressed and angry and then are just taking it up. And then are just are are used to being stressed and angry around a bunch of dudes and saying a bunch of gross shit that you can't say in that environment yeah. anymore. Like I, I think it's like a time for everyone to kind of rethink the way they behave in general is sort of like this that's why this entire like cultural movement right now is really interesting because even aside from like i think so far it's been like kevin spacey like did a really awful thing get rid of him you know and it's been this weird binary thing but like it's also opening up this kind of b conversation that's equally as important of like okay like 
even after you remove that person, like how do we fix it on like a larger cultural sure, level? Sure, removing like, one person acceptable. is putting a band-aid on the bullet wound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like, it, it's really, I think the conversations that follow, like whether or not quantity, I don't know, maybe David Cage does get removed or maybe they do launch an investigation, like whatever happens there, it's then sort of the part two of like, also, how do you actually take steps to improve yeah. that culture? So it's it's really that like, happened here, right? Like yeah. something bad happened and it became public and then they were like, OK, here's a long list of problems that everyone has. And uh, our GM sent out an email and was like, hey, we've spoken to a bunch of people over the past few weeks. Here are the main complaints everyone listed. And it did bring up things like crunch and people feeling like they're undervalued and things like that. that like come up as B conversations mm-hmm. that are like, here are the issues. Let's try and fix them one by one. Yep. The thing with, you know, this this big I almost want to call it a phenomenon, but I don't want to downsell it. Um, sure. Basically, the conversation that's happening right now is how do we fix it? No one knows yeah. how to do that. Because you know? if there was an easy way, we'd fix it. It yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't be, be here. Yeah. And I do think the, the most important step one is speaking up, right? Like, I think it's like, it's incredible that people now feel empowered to say, hey, this isn't okay. Like, it's not okay that this email thread of these images goes around. Like, and I think, like, yeah, I wonder if these are memes. Yeah, I don't like, even know. Like, a bunch of memes. I would be so cool if we just. If memes became illegal. <laughs> I don't like memes. I don't like memes. There's a lot of memes I don't like. I think memes are bad jokes. I think memes are jokes for people who don't who aren't funny. Memes are like I do not have that doesn't make sense. I do not know how to construct a joke, so I will use this. It's meme. like it's it's joking with a, a template, basically. Um, yeah. A yeah. meme is just a, a a viral joke. It's not a joke though, because people who share it that that's not you're like I am funny because I am sharing this. You're like, no, that's not well, but that's a, not what humor is. <laughs> a meme is like the same as us saying congregation you've done it that is our own meme that is for a smaller group of people that has like become a thing that they say all the time as a response to things and you do that all the time yeah you're, but you're more but my memes are highbrow <laughs> i have smart memes I have, it's a totally separate conversation but i have i, just wanted to I have the vintage 18 listing. year aged memes some memes are very bad but yeah. you have to accept that memes are memes are really just jokes that are very very popular you so what, are a human like, who spouts the same jokes all the time. In what are you talking about? I got new jokes all daily. I think uh, and it seems uh-huh. like you're talking about more like when people do like me crawling out of bed in the morning yeah. and post a picture of like whatever sludge monster or whatever. Like you're more talking about people who take the meme and perpetuate it by uh, using that template to apply to something new. You're saying is lazy humor. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Memes totally can be yeah. used in a really lazy way. Like I think, I think it's more. It's, primarily it's, useful. It's less way. about like when it's. One, you say new phone who dis? That's a meme. Yeah, that's fair. You, well, you, new, I, I rarely say new phone who dis. Yeah, so does the internet, but you still do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a meme. Yeah, but for every one used joke, I still have an original joke. Anyway, how did we get here? Well, it's a really weird turn in this conversation. Ah, <laughs> uh, we did it. Just wanted to defend. We, the, we did it. That's an original joke. Like memes. We did it. It's an original joke. Yeah. Odd Dang was an original joke. Yeah, but we became a meme because we say them all the time. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <sighs> Man, how did that happen? I don't know. Where did we go Hard from here? Hard left. <laughs> yeah. That was it. That's that, what, that, was, that was the last topic. Well, uh, all right. Thank you guys so much uh, for joining us this week. Uh, you can follow us all on various social medias. I am at Nick Bigotty. Uh, is at Charles Lanazard. Andrew is at Garfep. Um, hang out with us in our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash I beyond podcast beyond. beyond. Yeah, podcast beyond. Yeah. Yep. Got, got there in the end. Yeah. Also, which is where we pull rapid fire questions from, yes. which we're going to go to next. But yes. then Alana, also there's also YouTube. YouTube. Uh, I, I think that this week we're going to actually do Persona 5 Let's Play with my save file. Ooh, yeah. There's nothing else out. And then we'll be doing, um, hopefully Monster Hunter during the end of the month. And then we're going to play one of the, um, current PS plus games. Ooh. Those are the plans currently. Ooh, that's a good idea. I want to play, I'm excited to play Shadow of the Colossus at the beginning of, beginning of Feb. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, I'm going to kill a monster. Yeah, that's, climb that's it, a big part of that climb game. climb it, it's going to glow, I'm going to stab it, and then I'm going to feel bad afterwards. Yes. That's going to be... Yeah, that's that is the summary of that game. I'm going to come up with a very original joke that no one is going to repeat. Ever. Sometimes I write jokes in my diary and then I burn it. Is that the opposite of a meme? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, if you want. <laughs> that can be the opposite of a meme. Uh, thank you all so much, and until next time... Beyond. Beyond. Beyond.